Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is Garrett Anderson coming at you live on Sunday, September 10th, 2017. Hope everybody is doing well in your own spheres of your own world and doing your thing, doing your thing. Thanks for uh, pressing play and, and joining me here for the next half hour or so. Uh, I've got a couple updates and a few things that I wanted to ramble on. Um, and just to give you some some visual context, I'm sitting out on my back porch for this one. It's kind of early in the morning. Just wanted to squeeze this in before the day really gets started. Um, and uh, it's kind of nice. Just watching the, watching the palm trees kind of sway in the breeze a little. It's not too hot yet. We got a little reprieve from the heat here in Phoenix with some of the rain that came through the other day. But uh, it's going to be back up to like 105 in a week, so uh, summer's not quite over yet for me. And uh, kind of over it. All right, heat, we, we get it. You're, you're powerful. But I guess I can't complain with uh, some of the hurricanes and things that are happening around the country and flooding. Um, I know it's kind of like a pick your poison situation. We're, we're here in the valley of the sun. So we, we just deal with the heat, make sure your, your AC runs and you've got fresh water and you're okay for the most part. But uh, my, my heart uh, goes out to these folks um, that are affected by these natural disasters and these storms that seem to be coming with more frequency. But uh, who, who knows? Maybe I'm just buying the, uh, the hoax. And I'm waiting for my Tylenol to kick in. I've got uh, a tweaked shoulder from throwing my kids around in the pool yesterday. And uh, so I took the Tylenol for my shoulder, and I hope it kind of helps clear my head a little bit too. Had a few blue moons at the pool with some friends yesterday. I don't really love that beer. I wanted to give it another shot, and I drank probably like four of them (laughs) before having a glass of wine with dinner. So uh, I'm a little foggy, but let's... uh, Let's carry on. Hey, a hummingbird just landed on palm tree. That's nice. That makes me feel nice. All right. So, uh, what, uh, what's going on? Okay. So uh, last time I, I wrapped up the podcast with uh, mention of my upcoming trip to Los Angeles and I was doing some networking for that and trying to line up a performance opportunity. Well, turns out the family um, was able to, to come along and it was the long weekend and my buddy was out of town. So we got to crash at his place and it just turned into a little family vacation getaway to the West coast. We were trying to get away from the heat, but California was having a, a heat wave as well. In fact, there was like part of this city was on fire when we were driving in. It's a little disconcerting when you, you know, I was driving that leg of the the trip Lauren my wife is looking out the window and she's like you see that red glow over there I bet that's the fire it's like fuck that's a little closer than I want it to be it's like is this safe should we be driving over here and uh, right before we're leaving for the trip my father-in-law I was talking with my father-in-law and he was like well they're in Texas and he was like yeah I think we're out of gas like the gas stations don't have gas they can't get uh their their fuel from the refineries over to the the gas pumps. He was like, you might want to read up on that before you go on a road trip. I was like, God, Jesus, am I going to start driving to California and just get, get stranded halfway there and no one has gasoline. So we're just stuck there. So I was a little paranoid and made sure we had a a lot of water. And then we're just like, all right, let's go. (laughs) 
we're just living our lives. Got to go to the beach, hang out with the family. So uh, it was a nice time. I, uh, Dan, thank you. A little shout out to my buddy Dan for, for letting us crash at his place. Um, and it was nice to hunker down with the family, although I did cancel every single one of my prospective music plans, which felt weird. Got to be honest about that one. It felt like I was like, I got all uppity in my head about this trip and making it worthwhile and networking and really following through on the, you know, on the dream and then to just be like, eh, fuck it, let's just turn it into a family vacation. On one hand, felt like I was sabotaging myself because I wasn't, you know, sticking with, with my guns about the the ambition of the trip. And then on the other hand, I was like, well, wait a second, this is, being a family man is, is absolutely a priority for me. So it's kind of nice that I have the luxury and the freedom to just have the family come along and, and, you know, none of the plans were set in stone or, or all that important. And I was able to do some networking with folks just through the interweb and on the phone anyway. So it's not like my body really needed to be in Los Angeles. You know, I got to talk to a guy on the phone and, and he was really friendly and had some nice things to say. He said, you know, send along some music, might be able to do a deal for uh, publishing. He works in like, you know, film and television syncing. So I was like, shit, there, there we go. Like that was productive. Like I didn't need to drive to LA to do that. He didn't invite me over for a coffee or anything. Um, so instead of doing music stuff, we, we just went to the beach with the girls, which was great. So, uh, that was cool. And, uh, I'm not going to beat myself up about it cause I'm, I'm absolutely, you know, all cylinders firing on other aspects of the music stuff. So, uh, as long as I follow up with that guy that, that said to send something along, I should be okay. I'm going to make that commitment out loud right now. I'm going to send that guy some stuff. Part of the problem was is, is that he listened to some of my older tracks and he's like, oh, okay, you know, some of these would actually work really well. If we strip the vocal, they could be like background music for things. I said, oh, okay, cool. Um, l- l- little constructive feedback was that he was like, well, you know, most of these sound really good. The the one area of, of improvement on a couple of them is the vocals, performance and production. And I said, okay, fair enough. I understand. I've got kind of a quirky uh, singing voice, or at least I think I do. Um, and, uh, and, you know, wasn't always that critical of, uh, didn't always have that critical of an ear when I was calling something done for the sake of one of my home recordings. I just get so excited to get the song down that I'm like, hi, cool. Well, that's how I sang it. And that's, that's as good as it needs to be. And then I, you know, called it done and saved the file to who God knows where I have not been very organized with my audio file categorization and logging those things so when he says hey send me the the mix down track but without the vocal i'm like oh fuck i have no idea where that is in in my computers or in my external hard drive i used to mix on a a program called cool edit on on my pc and now i'm on a mac for several years like he's he's I'm, i'm gonna have to dig back through the archives and try to find this stuff but uh, that'll be my that'll be my way of balancing it out. I'll I'll make some time to to do that grunt work and try to figure that out to send this guy something in lieu of the fact that I, or or to balance out the fact that I canceled all my plans when we went to L.A. But uh, yeah, it was friendly times. It was fun, like people playing volleyball on the beach and lots of colorful attire. And uh, the first night we got there, we got in pretty late. 
and I was parking the car and then walking back to my buddy's place. And as I was walking back, I saw a guy skateboarding along and I was like, oh yeah, cool. That's like totally California-ish. And I around the corner, so I can't see the skateboarder anymore because he was coming at me. And then I ducked off, you know, into the side street where my buddy's apartment was. And uh, like five seconds later, I hear like, like, cause you can hear the clack, clack, clack of the, the skateboard wheels on the ground. Clack, clack, clack. And then I hear clack, clack. Ooh. And the guy fell to it. Oh, he fell to that. Fell down. <laughs> and then a bicycle, a guy on a bicycle, a cyclist coming the other way was like, "Oh, dude, you okay, man? I totally done that before." And I was like, "That was my first interaction that I overheard in uh, in Los Angeles." And I was like, "All right, this is pretty par for what my uh, my expectation was." But uh, the guy was fine. He he got up. He was just like, "Oh, man." And uh, the the guy on the bicycle was like, all right, man, I'm glad you're okay. Just watch out for those cracks. It was a really friendly interaction, but I felt bad for the guy eating it on his skateboard. Um, I, I'm, I've done that once or twice myself many, many years ago. Used to skateboard around the uh, campus of University of Maryland. Hey, go Terps. Um, started off the football season with an amazing, uh, amazing win. Um. And now they're 2-0 and because they beat up on Towson 63 to something. They scored 63 points yesterday. It's incredible. And without their starting quarterback, who's out for the year, Piggy Pigram uh, with ACL. Anyway, uh, who did Maryland beat in that first game that was really impressive? Oh, yeah, uh, Texas. They went down into Austin and whooped up on Texas. Didn't whoop up on them. I think they won 51-41. to But, man, it's good to see that team putting some points on the board. When we moved over from uh, the ACC to the Big Ten, is it Big Ten? No, no, no. Is that right? Yeah, Big Ten Network. ACC to the Big Ten. You know, we we it was a good move for basketball to to you know stay competitive and get those TV dollars. But man, the football program was walking into the lion's den. So it's good to see that team putting up some points. Maybe they'll have a chance to do something and get to a bowl this year. Who knows? Anyway, um, so yeah, that was a, that was the LA trip. Um, before that, uh, I think the Tuesday or Wednesday before that, yeah, the Tuesday before that, my buddy McMullen was in town. He was doing the monitors for uh, the One Republic tour, and uh, was very nicely reached out and said, "Hey, dude, I know you're in Phoenix. Any chance you can come to the show?" I said, "Yeah, man, that sounds great." And I thought he was just hooking up uh, hooking up tickets, which is you know really generous and and cool. Turns out he had a little downtime the day before, so we had him over for dinner. That was great to catch up with him. And then the night of the show, he was like, dude, get get here early, and I'll show you around backstage. I was like, fuck yeah. So I uh, I, I met him um, you know, about an hour before any of the show was supposed to start. And he took, sure enough, took me backstage. I got to walk around backstage and see his monitor world and just like was in awe at all the gear. Like he's, he, you know, it's a professional touring, like superstar act band. Um, he called it a medium sized show, but I was like, dude, there's so much gear here. Like this is a big production. He was like, yeah, yeah, it's it's like kind of medium production, but, um, you know, met a couple of his, um, colleagues on tour and they all seemed like fun, fun dudes. There's this funny, like, you know, rock star lifestyle that just goes with the, the people that are touring in support of the tour. You know, it's not just the musicians that get to go out on the road and see all these cool places. Um, Dave's been all over the world with, with music, uh, um, production stuff. So it's pretty awesome. So, uh, got to, got to look around backstage and then enjoyed, um, the, 
those fits in the tantrums. Oh no, my AC just kicked on, so that's probably gonna be loud in here. Oh, that's annoying. Well, whatever. Uh and uh Yeah, so Fits in the Tantrums was pretty cool. They put on a really energetic show and uh and then One Republic was after them and it was just so neat to I, I love having that access and that behind the scenes look and also I was talking to one of the guys on the the crew and his job was playback. And I was like, "Oh, okay, what's uh, what's playback?" And he was like, "Oh, well, all the backing tracks that you know, cue the band or any layers that the band isn't playing and like the click for the drummer, you know, so he's got the metronome and he's staying on beat. The song starts and stops when it's supposed to and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I haven't really thought about that too much. And I told him about my experience from McDowell Mountain Music Festival where I was a little underwhelmed with the amount of pushing play that I saw. You know, as a as a guy who grew up on... on going to live music shows like you know dave matthews band and fish and umphreys mcgee i'm used to seeing all the instruments kind of being performed live or maybe you know maybe they trigger a sample here or there um and and certainly there's tons of effects on stage right i mean guitarists use effects i use effects in my show but it's still you're you're making it on the fly and it's it's because you've got your knobs set a certain way or or the even the preset that you trigger that it sounds that way and you're still playing your instrument and making those notes. So I was telling him that I'm, I'm having this kind of um, in, internal struggle with if I think that that's cheating or not. <laughs> and I realized this is probably not the right guy to have this conversation with. Like I might be coming off as a real jerk because I'm basically telling him like, I think what you're doing for the band is cheating. He's like the sixth member of the band or however many, many members in one Republic. There's like four or five guys. So He's basically a, like, you know, the other band member, but he just does all his work ahead of time. And what's kind of cool is because the band members have in-ear monitors, you know, they can have stuff that's just sent to the monitor signal and not sent through the PA. So the guys are hearing like click two, three, four, and here comes the verse three, four, verse one, you know, like that kind of thing. And I was like, what are you fucking kidding me? I had no idea that, that there was that much playback in the musician's ears and they've each got their own little, you know, cues and their own little audio files that they're playing to. And it felt a little bit like pulling the curtain back on the wizard of Oz. I got to admit. And I hope I'm not upsetting anybody right now. Like if you're into that sort of thing, just if you go to a show and you start noticing that there's sounds, but you can't tell where the sounds are coming from, it might be the playback guy. Um, and I get it, you know, it's hard to put on a really good show, an engaging long show where the songs are coming in and out seamlessly and you retain everybody's energy and, and, and attention. Um, man, it was a hot night too, man. I, people in the lawn were sitting down and, uh, Fitz in the tantrums was like, come on, everybody get up and move with us. And I was like, God, it's like 110 degrees here. Like, we're, we're going to appreciate not our heads, but it's hard to kind of stand up right here. They had this song that was like, I can, Fitz and the Tantrums had this song that was like, I can make you clap your hands, tat, 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 tat. It's pretty fun, really, really catchy tune, but, and everyone got up and clapped their hands for that. And then I think, like, the, the singer lady who was doing the hype 
She's like, I did not tell anybody to sit back down, get your asses up and boogie. You know, I was like, oh, that kind of stuff. I'm like, eh, just, just, I, I don't, I don't dig the hype. I get, I get, I'm, I'm such a crotchety old grumpster. I've always been a grumpster. That was my nickname when I was a baby. <laughs> my mom and dad were like, that guy's grumpy. He's the grumpster. G. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I was talking to this playback guy and just really, just really curious. And, um, and then my buddy Dave, before, before anybody needed to, to go on stage, he was having me, he got, you know, he got me a pair of these in-ear monitors and let me listen to what some of the, the show sounded like from, you know, the week before. Cause he'll record what he sends to the band members to, uh, oh, Hey, one of my kids is here. Hey, Emma, you want to say hi to the podcast? Um, yeah. Our back door, sliding glass door, is extremely heavy. So the kids can kind of open it, but it's hard to shut it. So, Emma, come here, buddy. Okay. How are you feeling? Good. And I just woke up from an amazing sleep. And I'm... I'm kind of sad about the hurricanes um, in Florida and Texas when I woke up this morning. Well, that's very thoughtful of you. Was it on your mind because of the news? Yes. Yeah. Did you have fun at our friend's house yesterday? Yeah. What are you up to now? Um, just being with you right now. Okay, cool. Um, all right, that was Emma's uh, little guest spot on the podcast. I had to talk to her and make sure she was okay uh, to start her day. Um, and I told her I would talk about a few more things that were probably boring for her. But uh, truth be told, I just it's probably inappropriate for her. Is, is really <laughs> I, did, I didn't want to have to filter myself in front of my kid while doing this. Um, so, uh, so yeah, the one Republic gig, uh, getting to, getting to see them. And also I learned, and I was reading up on this because Dave told me about it was, uh, their lead singer, Ryan Tedder is like a superstar songwriter in addition to being the front man of one Republic. And the guy can sing his ass off, writes incredibly catchy tunes, has co-wrote stuff with like Adele and Ed Sheeran. So he's like the superstar mega successful version of kind of what I can imagine, my my musical contribution being which is writing songs for other artists um so i was really impressed i, I got to admit you know playback for what what you know they they still were good musicians they could obviously still all play and obviously they put a lot of time and thought into making their songs so tried not to be too judgy about the playback thing and just understand that that's part of how how they put on a really good show night after night. Um, yeah. So one Republic, thank you, Dave, for the the backstage tour. That was freaking awesome. I'll uh, I might post a video on Instagram. I think it's G Anderson Music on Instagram of uh, of me getting to walk around backstage a little bit. It was super cool. So, uh, two other, uh, two or three other things to talk about today. Uh, the other day I was driving around and I had a couple observations while driving that I thought would be, uh, fun to talk about on the podcast. Um, what is your opinion as a driver, assuming you're 
you're driving around a little bit of uh, of being in the right hand lane that can either go straight or right at a red light and being the first car and not going right. Like, are you allowed to be in the right lane of a two lane road at a red light at an intersection when you're going straight? Is it acceptable to be in the right hand lane? I was in this situation. <laughs> I was I was getting ready to go pick up my kids from school and I was driving along just kind of autopilot sort of, you know, I was in the right hand lane because I had to make a right turn at the next block up, but the light turned from green to yellow to red and I was still in the right lane and I stopped and then this SUV pulls up behind me with a lady in it and uh, I can, she's, she's kind of like looking around and she's checking out traffic, looking to the left, looking to the right. And I'm just sitting there waiting for the light to turn green so I can go straight. And then I can see in my rearview mirror that she's getting agitated. She's like, she's got her hands up in the like the palms up motion, shrug shoulders, the universal signal for what the fuck. And I'm looking back and I realize what I had done. Um, I was like, oh shit, she wants, she wants to go right. And she's stuck behind me because I'm going straight. God forbid we have to wait 45 seconds for the light to turn green or whatever it is. And so I'm feeling, uh, I, I'm, uh, oh shoot, I realized what I did. I kind of look in my rear view mirror and give her a little wave and, and shrug my shoulders to try to respond to her universal signal for what the fuck with my attempt at a signal for, oh, sorry, I wasn't really paying attention and didn't see you coming up behind me. It's all going to work out okay. If it was a true emergency, she could have backed up and then gone around me to the left and then cut over to the right, you know? So I don't think... It wasn't like a life or death situation. It was just a kind of road courtesy move. So now I'm all sensitive about that. I'm driving around. I'm like, oh, shit, I can't be over in the right lane yet. You know? God forbid I hold someone's day up by 45 seconds. And of course I've been the guy too. That's like, Oh man, I can, I could totally make a right on red here, but the guy in front of me is going straight. And, uh, I don't get mad. And I certainly don't like make gestures at the other driver. So I don't know. What's, what's your opinion on that? Are you a conscience, conscientious, 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 not going to be able to say that word today. Conscientious. Oh. <laughs> you know, for a while I couldn't say the word statistics. And then I had to practice it like a hundred times. Because I was earning my statistics degree. And people would ask me what I was studying. And I would fumble over. I'd be like, statistical stuff. <laughs> uh, why is it certain words? I just like, it's like. It's like I never learned them well enough that my my brain knows what to send to my mouth. So it just sends a garbled gook. So are you a conscientious driver on the road and try to make sure that you're never inconveniencing anyone else? Have you seen this stuff on uh, on Facebook <laughs> where people will share this link about like the the pro the appropriate way of merging and like the zipper method? And how you shouldn't get upset when people drive to the end of the merging lane, you know? So this is like in the instance where there's the, you know, let's say you're on the highway and the far left lane is ending in a, in a quarter mile. 
and you've got the drivers that'll go, oh, okay, I see that this lane is ending. Let me start my way and start getting over to the right. And I guess the zipper method is that all the cars drive all the way down the left lane until they can't go any further. And then it's, you know, one car from the left lane merges and then they let a car go by in the second to farthest left lane. And then, you know, you just go one for one for one for one. And that's apparently the most, you know, mathematically the most efficient way of driving. And then you'll, you'll, you'll get these drivers that are like, see, I told you I wasn't being a dick. Um, driving's funny because there's like the, the base level of rules for it. And then there's this like extra culture of rules around it, like not turning right on red. It's like, is that a dick move? I don't know. I did it by accident and now I'm trying not to do it I'm trying to be more conscientious <laughs> on the road so the other thing I saw on the road the other day I was driving to work and um, I saw this uh, oh this is exactly what I didn't want my kid to hear me talking about and she's right here hold on I gotta hit the pause button again alright so the thing that I didn't want to talk about was this poor bunny uh, or talk about in front of my kid was this poor bunny that had gotten smushed. Part of it was smushed by a car, but it was still alive and it was writhing on the ground. And I saw it. I was driving around, you know, just going to work, drinking my cup of coffee, listening to talk radio. And then I come upon this suffering, writhing in agony bunny. It was just twitching. I, I hope it was brain dead at that point so it couldn't feel the pain. But I drove past it and I was like, uh, hold on. Uh, is this recording? Yeah, I think it is. Shit, let me check. Alright, and I'm back again. Take 17 of this silly little podcast. So yeah, this bunny is just writhing on the ground, and I'm driving past it, and it's it's in the road, and... You know, I'm kind of, I see it first, and I'm like, oh, that sucks. Poor little bunny. And then I notice that it's twitching. And I was like, oh, no. And it, you know, just kind of naturally, like, just as a driver, I was like, oh, shit. I don't, you know, I don't want to hit it. So I avoided it. I think it, I probably drove over it. And, uh, and then I'm, I'm past it by, like, an eighth of a mile. And I'm thinking to myself, I was like, oh, man, that sucks. That bunny was, like, twitching. Like, that thing is, it needs to die. Like, it is unnecessarily suffering. And and then I was like, oh, shit, should I have tried to smash it with my car and fucking, like, put it out of its misery? <laughs> and, then, and then I had this thought. I was like, well, shit, I'm, I'm already this far past it. I was like, is there anything I can do? I was like, it, it, wouldn't, like, a farmer, like, pull out a gun and, like, shoot the animal and, like, put it out of its... Okay, now I don't have to scream anymore because the AC went off. So wouldn't, wouldn't a farmer go over there and like put it out of its misery, like shoot it in the head, you know, like if it was an old lame horse, um, or like an old dog that like, I don't know, shits all over the house, just take it around back and shoot it and put it out of its misery. Right. Um, so this poor bunny is twitching around and I, the thought crosses my mind. I was like, maybe I should pull over. I was like, do I have anything I could kill a bunny with right now? I was like, I've got my golf clubs in the back. In the trunk. So then I had this image of me stopping, you know, stopping, pulling over, pulling my car off to the right, you know, shoulder, putting my hazards on, opening my trunk, grabbing my 
um, my old seven iron. I use an old seven iron in my, in my bag, um, from my old set of clubs, hand-me-down clubs. It's just kind of like an, uh, an older junkie, junkie club for if I have to hit out of the, um, like, you know, pebbles or something on a course. I don't want to ding up one of my decent Nike irons. So I bring this old, uh, old seven iron around in my bag. And I was like, so I could probably use that. That'd be okay if I got it all bloody. (laughs) And then, you know, walked down to where it was and I would have to stop traffic, you know, a citizen trying to do something good. Stop traffic, you know, give, give people the wave. I'm coming out of the middle of the road now. Stop. Everyone behind him's probably like, what the fuck's going on here? And then taking my seven iron and just bashing this fucking bunny in the head to put it out of its misery. Um, so that was the flash of, you know, I don't know, probably took two seconds for me to have this whole like visual in my head as I'm driving to work. And, uh, and then I was like, wait, am I a psycho? It's like, is that really a psycho thing to think? I was like, no, 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 it's compassionate. That animal was suffering and it was twitching and I just wanted to put it out of its misery. Um, so I mean, make sense of that. I don't know. (laughs) Um, I feel like that would have been the admirable thing to do. Like my, I was thinking like my grandfather's generation, if they saw an animal suffering, they would do the hard thing. You're not a psycho to go kill an animal. If that's going to help it end its suffering euthanized, isn't that the word for it? I think that bunny needed to be euthanized. Ah, oh, poor, poor bunny. Stupid, stupid bunny for trying to cross the street and got hit by a car and was partially smushed, stuck to the road. Its legs were just kicking. I wanted to end it for that bunny. Man, why why did I think that was going to be a fun story to tell? Oh, man. I think the the point of that story is that we're faced with moral dilemmas as we go through our day. And I think the way we've set up modern society is such that like, if you just stick to your own business, like you can kind of ignore some of the, some of the moral opportunities that come your way. But I, I had, I had a job to do. I had to get to work. Somebody else's job to go smack that bunny with a seven. Okay, um, so I've been having a great time trying to do the uh, home studio thing. I've got the itch. I got the bug. So uh, I've been spending some time in the home studio, and uh, I wanted to wrap up today's podcast with a little uh, recent track that I was working on. It's kind of a half-finished idea, and I'm just trying to practice a lot with, with recording so I can start figuring it out and start figuring out how to sound good. And, uh, so I just, I, I took a, I took a crack at this song on Friday afternoon, um, and really enjoyed adding some layers on the podcast before I've mentioned that in the old program I was using, I was limited to only eight tracks and I've, I've, I've upped my game with my uh, software. So now I've got, uh, as many tracks as I need and it's really fun. Um, I still want to make each performance as, as good as it needs to be to, contribute to the song but it is really fun to layer in some like pianos and string sounds and and try to play some bass lines on on the uh the piano midi and uh this midi stuff is is still blowing my mind that it'll it'll just you know show you visually what you've recorded and then if you need to you can you know tweak it erase a note that you flubbed you know if you hit an f f note instead of a g you just go blue you just move it up the little piano roll thing. It's pretty amazing. It's kind of cheating. 
me on my high horse about live music needing to be performed. I'm like, well, and then I just go into the studio and put down a a C minus piano part and then go through and correct all the notes. Seems like cheating, doesn't it? I don't know. I'm going to try to keep as much soul in my music as possible because I think that, uh, you know what I was saying? I was, so I was splashing around in the pool yesterday, right? With our friends and we just had some random station on, you know, one of the Pandoras or, or something playing through a small speaker near the pool. And it was just playing some like modern pop, um, you know, just kind of overproduced soulless music. And, uh, I was like, this, this sounds like, I don't know, it sounds like robots. I, I, I don't remember what I was thinking. It's like something, something about like robot, uh, ah, painful. Set it up and then had nowhere to go. Ah, well, that's what you get for a morning podcast before my podcast, uh, before my coffee hasn't kicked in. Sorry, I'll try to be more conscientious next time. And anyway, so let's wrap it up. I'm going to play this tune for y'all. Um, I think this is going to end up on my yard sale demos, but I figured I'd feature it here too in the spirit of uh, wrapping up with a little bit of music. I hope you dig it. Um, and uh, welcome any uh, feedback or questions or whatever, what have you. And I'll be at Janie's this afternoon, although this might not get posted until tomorrow. So maybe it's I was at Janie's yesterday. But uh, got rehearsed up and going to try to go do some jamming today, put some music out into the world and actually make it on the fly and not push play. All right. Peace, y'all. Um, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll I'll catch up with you all later and uh, keep fighting the good fight. Uh, make uh, make the most of those opportunities to to be a moral person, I guess. But maybe don't uh, risk your life to stop traffic to kill a bunny in the road. It wouldn't have been killing the bunny. It would have been finishing killing the bunny. There's a subtle difference there. but Subtle but important. All right. Uh, fight for the truth. Don't get caught up in the BS. Live locally. Act globally. And I'll try to do the same. So I'm not just preaching and not practicing. I'm definitely going to play Soft Spoken Prophet today. That just got me excited to play that song. Okay, For, uh, here's uh, here's a recording from uh, from the home studio the other day. Hope you dig it. Well, I started and stopped this thing so many times already. What's one more? Um, I fucking remembered what I was going to say about the the crappy, overproduced modern music. It sounds to me like robot bad pickup lines is what that music sounds like. That's what I thought in the pool the other day, splashing around. This is just crappy, overproduced music was washing over me. And I was like, you know what? This is like the robot equivalent of bad pickup lines. It's like, it's like douchey bro robots trying to go up to hot chicks at the bar and, and use their stupidest one-liner to try to pick up a chick to bring her home and bang her. That's what that music feels like to me. In contrast to like, hey, let's have a conversation and get to know each other and maybe have a long, nice relationship. You know, the kind of, the kind of moves that you need to, yeah, I mean, sure, you, you might need to do something flashy to grab a girl's attention, but, you know, there's certain lines that are just, like, douchey and bro-douchey. Um, so, yeah, that that's what that music sounds like to me. It sounds like a bunch of computers and robots got together, and they were, like, <laughs> they spiked their hair up and had Jägermeister shots, and then were like, yo, let's go find the hottest chick and, and, and try to bring her home to bang her. 
so here's here's our pickup line and then it was this shitty song that's what i thought (laughs) all right and without any further ado now that i've set myself up to be judged by being judgy which is fine because that's the way the world works here you go here is officially the end of the podcast and the start of the song that i recorded on friday i hope you dig it Everybody, don't you recognize? Just cause we've got wings, don't make us fly. turn is another way, and every which way's got a And when you hit it, hit it hard Don't look back, don't count your stars Hit the road And when you hit it, hit it hard Don't look back, don't count your stars Singing na, 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 na And you do kick Don't you know it's time Get up on your wings And meet me in the sky And every turn is another way And every which way's got a price to pay Girl. 